Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hear Me See Me podcast is sponsored by Zenoti, the number one cloud software for salons and spas. Because when people feel good, they find their greatness. I am Stuart Roberts, and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me See Me. It's just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me, See Me podcast. And today I've got a wonderful gentleman who is um, an amazing hairdresser, salon owner, and uh, ambassador to Babilis. Uh, today I'm with Sid Hayes. How are you, sir? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me on this uh, incredible podcast that you're doing, Stuart. Great to have me here, and, and thank you for letting me come and join you. Yeah, no, I've been looking forward to it. So uh, without further ado, let's go straight into it. Yeah. Uh, I love taking people back. So the little young Sid Hayes, yeah. <laughs> at school, you know, what, what, yeah, yeah. what type of kid was you? What, what was it like? Right. Um, the little Sid, I suppose, my granddad is from, is, uh, was called Sid. Um, unfortunately, he passed away recently, but he was um, an epic man and someone I always look up to. Um, was born in Essex, um, magistrate, general all-round legend, Um, and then my, um, so that was sort of my mum's side. And then my dad, he's actually from Lincoln originally and, um, started hairdressing from when he was 15, 16, I think. Um, and my mum and dad met and then obviously this little hairdresser popped out as well. And, um, I've grown up around the hairdressing industry my whole life. I've been around a salon since I was, you know, the age of nothing, um, and you used to go in and help sweep the floor as a five-year-old and uh, I'd get my cheek squeezed and given 50p for smiling. I mean, those were the days. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be, be a bit questionable nowadays, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Come here, Sonny. Let me squeeze your cheek for 50p. I'm sure about that now, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I, I suppose hairdressing has been my life. It's been part of what I've grown up around. It's part of um, the way I live. I've it's I've seen my dad, you know, work his absolute ass off in um, a small salon. It's a small family salon in Kew Gardens. It's got seven chairs. It's called Kew Cut. Um, and it means the sort of world to me, really, because I suppose that's the business that I've grown up around and had a great lifestyle through that business. Mm. So I help run that now, not really with my dad. I run it with a manager. I sort of um, help lead it, but and I'm there 
I'd probably say, you know, one day a week. Mm. Um, and that means everything to me. And we've got a great team in there at the moment. Absolutely amazing team. Luckily, touch wood, they can change overnight. Yeah. Um, and it's something I feel very passionate about. It's, it's not, you know, it's not the most creative salon in the world. Um, because it's a little salon, it's in Kew Gardens, Southwest London. Yeah. Um, we've got an amazing, big, big clientele there. And um, when I say it's not most creative, that's actually changing. And that's changed a lot since I've put my energy into that as well and help guide it and lead it and yeah. um, give it a creative side, I suppose. Um, and then there's the sort of session work and session world and stuff that I've done all my life. Yeah. Uh, well, since I was six, 17, when I joined Nicky Clark's in Mayfair. Really? Down Street. Um, well, as, a, as an apprentice or? Yeah, as an apprentice. When I was 17, I was very much into my art and sport. And um, my dad said, well, I said to my dad, I, I don't want to go and finish my A-levels. I said, I'm, I, I just, I don't want to go to university. I don't want to do my A-levels. I don't, I don't want to go and, you know, do a degree in something that I'm not into. I really want to go into something in fashion and photography. And with that thought of art and fashion, photography and sculpture, I was very into sculpture at the time. I sort of thought, well, if I go into hairdressing, Hairdressing is sculpture. Yes. And if I go and do that and I train, then let's give that a go. So he said, well, you, you can't come and work in my salon. You can't come and work with us because you, you need to go and learn it by yourself. You need to go and learn from someone else. And that's probably the best advice that I think he had given me at that time because as a kid, as a 17-year-old teenager, you think you know everything. Yeah. And if your dad's trying to teach you, yeah, it's just not good. I'm only laughing, Sid, because I had a salon for 30 years, and my yeah. son, I've got four daughters and a son, and he's, he's the only one who went in it. And my wife forbade me to employ him. <laughs> and I, I, I wasn't as wise as your dad, because I actually wanted, a, I wanted him to work with me. Yeah. And, um, uh, she was very clever and she said, no, he's got to go. And he went to London and uh, done his own thing. And uh, I think your dad is 100% right because she knew we'd fall out, me and him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably what your dad thought. And I think that was quite clever because in the end, you know, we always go, us, we're humans, we always go back to our roots and we always go back to what we know, if that yeah. makes sense. So. I went off and we went, he actually took me around into London and we looked around all the big sounds at the time. I went and looked at Beverly Corbella's or it was Corbella then. Yeah. Um, and I went into, uh, Tony, uh, to Trevor Sorby. I went into Vidal Sassoon. I went into Nicky Clark's and at the time, Nicky Clark's salon was the biggest, grandest salon that you could imagine. Oh, it was. Yeah. Three stories. It was on the corner of Barclays Square and Mount Street. It was like, you know, it was a big salon, big player. Um, and I walked in there and there was sort of all these women with big sort of quaffed blow dries and, and an assistant running around called Alvaro and Rupert 
this amazing hairstylist was, you know, he was always there working and always in his chair. And it just the atmosphere was incredible. Yeah. So um, we decided in the summer holidays that I'd go and um, work there if I could as a Saturday assistant. Um, and they didn't take Saturday assistants at that time. But Hazel, the lady that used to do the coat check, I mean, can you imagine a coat check lady coat who check. was basically yeah. like people's coats? That was a proper job. That's how busy it was in this salon. Yeah. Um, and she used to manage and run the assistants as well. Professor yeah. job. Um, and I joined in the end, they said, yeah, you know, they took me on as a Saturday assistant. So for the summer, I basically went in there all the time just for my summer holidays and then me and my dad sat down at the end of the summer holidays and he said, so what do you want to do? You're going to go back to school or are you going to go into it and do it? I mean, and in Mayfair with all those women and, you know, people running around and a 17 year old lad, I was like, I'm in. Yeah. So uh, it started there basically. It's, I mean that, I remember that time and I remember him hitting the, hitting that peak at the, um, Nicky Clark. And he was also really well known for the most expensive haircut in Britain at that time. And he was the first one to crack. He it was the five hundred pound haircut. Yeah, and the yeah. fact that they had like a restaurant uh, underneath that there was this got a separate bill, didn't you? And it was like five hundred pound for a cut and for a cut and blow dry. You don't need, and you have to pay for a coffee on top. It was and the assistants, us guys, used to do the blow dry on that haircut as well. <laughs> Serious business, impressive, like impressive. And right? I think. That, that, you know, that's amazing to the talent of Nicky and what he created, but also the sort of business brains of Leslie Clark. And, you know, the, the amazing team that was. And, uh, uh, you know, the guy that used to run the kitchen um, is still there, actually. He's called Shag. Great guy. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Shag, yeah. Just going down to see Shag. <laughs> Just going downstairs to see Shag. Yeah, you would get done for that as well, wouldn't you? <laughs> Because at the time, um, I know Charles Worthington was charging about eighty pounds. So, every people' perspective, you know, you had Charles Worthington, and that was like eighty quid, and then it yeah. went <laughs> five hundred pounds. You know, so he really did set some. But the, the, it's not just money, is it? It's about um, it, it's it's about value, and it? it's valuing. It's your worth. Yeah, and, you know, we've had this thing for years and decades of. You know, we said, didn't we? Only a hairdresser. Only, a, you know, like it, it's it's for hairdressing to take itself seriously and to charge the right money for its time, mm. for its experience. It's an interesting one that because I was talking to the British Beauty Council recently about you know the fact of, and, and especially talking to my, even my dad about this as well, and and about the fact that young people and young kids and teenagers and people at school, they're not advised to go into hairdressing because it's seen as the, the last possible job that you could do. And I think it's such a shame because it's, I've had the best job, you know, I now, well, normally I travel the world on photo shoots for different brands like, you know, Versace, I did their fragrance campaign a few months ago, actually a few months ago you know, last year now, um, which was on a, you know, on an island off of Sicily with the biggest models in the world. You know, at the time it, we were, I was with Hayley Bieber and Bella Hadid and we were shooting this luxurious campaign at this, like 
three or four months into COVID. It was, you know, it's mental. Yeah. And I think I've sort of, you know, I'm not that old, but I've sort of thought about what can I do now to give back, especially in these times. Yeah. And I look at, um, we, you know, someone like me could go and hopefully start to inspire young kids to go into hairdressing because it's the best job. It's creative. You know, you, you've done it for a long time and you've ran salons and very successful one. And, yeah. you know, now you're doing something totally different, but you're giving back. And yeah. I think that's what's important about life sometimes. I, I think it, you need it for your soul. I mean, you, you definitely need to, you know, it, it's it's a balance in life. Everything, you know, yeah. the, 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 um, the Japanese knew a lot, you know, when it's everything comes down to balance. And it's true that you can go too far in one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think it's crucial what you said as well, inspiring young hairdressers and young – I recently, only a couple of weeks ago, did um, a, a Zoom conference talk to a load of students, which is great about this now that – you know, I'd about to spend the day going to Bedford and I went Lovely, to Bedford yeah. College and we'd just done this Zoom thing and it was an hour and then I was back in the kitchen, you know. But yeah. and, and people like yourself, I, you know, we need people like you uh, to, to inspire these young people who are just getting into the industry and say, look, you know, you're not all going to become session stylists, but this is what you can do. Or you you can become a Nicky Clark or you can become someone who's, uh, you know, fabulously creative. And there's so many aspects to our industry. Completely. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I sort of... I look at the, the, the world and the career the career I've had so far and I look at it and I think, you know, well, what's next? What, what's, what's exciting? What's going to excite me? What's going to help? What's, and I think it's definitely one of my, my key points is, is to hopefully go into some schools when we're allowed um, and just give some careers advice and just go like, you know what? Hairdressing is not a bad thing, thing to think about. Yeah. You know? And- it's the alternative, isn't it? Because we we keep saying about the, the, the you know the careers teacher or the yeah, uh, uh, and all these people saying how terrible it is. Well, we can't really mind about that if we don't give it the, the other side of the coin. And we need the people to go in and go, yeah, that okay, but you know, yeah, what's sure. doing? You know, <laughs> yeah. 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 And, yeah. and all these people, you know, working <laughs> in the, in the world that they do. Sam at night, you know, like. Uh, like an iconic legend, you know. I, I look at you. Look at all those guys like Sam McKnight and you know Eugene, for example, Guido. All of those, the the the, the guys who have been doing the craft of our industry at a fashion level, and Sam's done it across both. You know, he, he's he's been there as the hairdresser of the time, and then transferred that and gone into doing session and now he's you know launching his products and you have to kind of yeah it's a big respect because it takes energy to to jump between all those things and 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 find i suppose that energy and passion to keep going and take it somewhere else or you know i think that's the key as well because as sam army saying he's getting on a bit now (laughs) (laughs) and he was on he was on the pod recently and he yeah such a lovely man and but it's it's as you get older it's harder to keep that energy going you know and you're not going to do it without passion no and i think that shows exactly what you you're doing with haircuts for homeless right now i think it's it's a new it's a new thing and and from what i can see it's been the biggest success 
going in the industry at the moment because you're giving back. It, it's 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 been great, you know. We we've had our setbacks, and you know, as everyone else did, COVID. I mean, you know, from your own salon, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's poignant. I don't know when this is going out, but after the day of filming yesterday was a year, wasn't it, since we got yeah. locked down? And yeah. it's like it, you can't believe it's been. A, it almost seems has that really been a year? And uh, and also, is that only a year? You know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's not. There's this weird balance of what how time has has disappeared, but where has it gone, and what have we achieved, and things like that that constantly yeah. playing your mind. But like with your family salon, it, it, it all, from all of a sudden it, it was quite quick, wasn't it? Then then bang, it was closed, and we've not been open that much really in the last year. When you look back on it, how how is it affected? Months, I think something like that. that we've been closed nine months. It's yeah. It, that's it, and it's about three months of the year we've had yeah. open. Yeah, yeah. And, and the you know the, the costs on it's very interesting because I've got a few different sides to my business of what I do, and one of them is the salon because that's my heart and that's what I grew up around, and yeah. I enjoy it. You know, people say to me, "Why do you why why do you do that salon?" Because you, know, you don't really need to because your session work's so good and you're so busy doing it, and I it, it's because that's where our craft comes from. You know, there's, there's nothing that beats actually sitting in a chair or not me personally, but a client sitting or a person sitting in your chair, yeah. you actually cutting their hair and you don't even necessarily have to have a huge conversation with the person, but you get passion from what you do because you've been creative. The person that's receiving the haircut feels good and gives them a power or gives them, you know, self-belief or changes the way they look, which is what we do. And I think that's what it all comes back to. That's why I still do it. And I also enjoy the challenges of the day-to-day challenges that the business, you know, brings, if that makes sense. You know, like a client could cause an absolute nightmare in the salon because of they might not have liked what they've had as the treatment yeah. or, you know, you, you, you get COVID and it blows up the whole business. You know, you, um, but I also meet and have, I'm starting to work with some really interesting people who are changing the sort of way that the industry is working, like luckily yourself. And then also, um, working with Green Salon Collective has really opened my eyes to the amount that salons, you know, waste that they produce Mm. um, and the importance of what we need to do to change that. And, you know, the environment is what we live in and I really enjoy, I'm quite a massive snowboarder and I really enjoy going to the mountains and enjoying that and not being able to go this year has been a, a, bit, a bit frustrating, I suppose. Mm. Um, you know, and I think that's what's been great is meeting new people about what we do with the industry, changing the way that, you know, I live my life in terms of, you know, actually getting rid of the, you know, diesel car that I had, getting an electric one, trying to be more sustainable in the way that we live, uh, and the salon as well. And that inspires the girls and the team that I work with at the salon, the assistants that come and help me on the shoots, the 
product brands that I might affiliate myself with and work with. It's all these pieces of the puzzle that I'm constantly trying to put together and make it work correctly, I suppose. I think it's amazing. You said about Green Salon Collective. I, th- I thought, because I fry it on from Green Salon Collective. Um, oh, yeah. And that we, they're, they're one of our, our sponsors, you know, and they, yeah. um, you know, they kindly donate to us through their profits and stuff. And, yeah. But I love what they do. I love, you know, and it was that no-brainer, wasn't it? It was that, yeah. why have we been doing this for years? And he's, you know, and all that. I, the amount of, 30 years I had a salon, the amount of hair I must have swept, I probably could have filled it. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, amount, the amount of foil that yeah. is just nuts. It's yeah. like, you know, a busy salon that's, you know, got chairs that are full every day, the amount of metal and waste and crap and bleach. And I pulled out this bag of, you know, excess colour the other day because we're now putting it all in a bag so that we recycle it. It was massive. Yeah. You just think, you know, it's so good that Fry and Green Salon Collective, you know, because it's that team there, are changing the way that salons are run because it's making the world better and more sustainable. And, you know, that's so good for, for what is around us. And I think that's what import, is important. And even with COVID and the bad times that we've all had to be, go through mentally, people, you know, unfortunately, you know, dying from it. Um, but it, it makes you reevaluate and think about the way that we do stuff. So I think that's been a massive um, the one good thing I suppose I could take out of this, you know, pandemic is the fact that you've had the time to actually sit back, reevaluate and think what's important in life. Yeah. And, and maybe also that, that uh, the industry will have to, there will be changes that have to be made, you yep. know, because uh, there's, it, it's not all for the bad, but sometimes change comes out of bad that, that ends up being a positive thing. Um, and maybe, uh, you know, like, I think, I think clients' thought processes are going to change, you know, because they've had so long of, like, it, it takes three months to break or to form a habit, but it also takes three months to break one, roughly. And yeah. then three months of not getting their hair done. <laughs> so we're going to have to sort of counteract that a little bit, yeah. or maybe their needs are changing. Um, yeah, it's going to be in- it's sort of interesting, isn't it? Very interesting times across everything from the way we do things, the haircuts we're going to have. Maybe everyone's going to come back and go mental and, you know, completely change the way they look. Yeah. Time will only tell, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was speaking to uh, Sally Brooks was on a, a few weeks ago and she, yeah. uh, she, I think she was wise because she was saying about the fact that we are going to have a massive boom, you know, like yeah. it's like anything. But she's, she was anticipating then a bit of a, a dip. Yeah. And that's yeah. the point where we then maybe have to evaluate. I think that's, that's very true that you may be, you know, uh, people maybe have to relook at our different, you know, trends and um, habits of clients, you know, and, and yeah. their wants and needs. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be. And, and as anything, the survivors will be the people who can adapt, I think. Oh, constantly. I think that's, you know, I, l- I look at this, there was this little uh, spin studio that I go to a lot that was around the corner. And it really fascinating because he built this amazing little business. And overnight, because of COVID, 
You know, he'd just taken on a new shop that he was developing and building the whole thing. And over the night, he turned his regular spin studio into an online business and made it a huge success. And I think it's that adapting, like you said, is what makes people and a business. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's been, I think it's uh, people in, in the other side of the hairdressing industry that you're in, uh, I've been fortunate in a way it's not been as much but there has been you've been able to do some work because they've been able to do some fashion shoots there's, there's some of that stuff still going on isn't it I tell you what the the one of the biggest things I think you know is being brought up as well at the moment is mental health and um, the fact that I've been very lucky that I've been able to keep going and doing my my fashion shoots has been very important for not only creativity but just getting out the house you know, I think I've been very lucky that I've been able to go and do shoots. We've been allowed to do that. Sometimes I think, how the hell is this actually possible? Because I'm in a studio with 50 other people. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, we've all got COVID regulations and we're, you know, putting more sticks up our nose getting our COVID tests than you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but I've been so lucky that I've been able to do that. And our travel has been restricted definitely in the last few months. And yeah. it's been a, a tough one because I've not been able to, you know, 80% of the business of the sessional stuff I do is getting on a plane, going somewhere, doing a job for a few days, bouncing back off the plane, doing a job in London and then going somewhere else again. Yeah. And um, I've definitely missed the traveling for sure uh, because it takes you to cool places. Yeah. Cool places, but there's always the people I've spoke to in that world. There's always that little bit of it's never as glamorous as you people. Everyone, oh else. god, <laughs> you're spot on, <laughs> mate. You're spot on. I took it morning. <laughs> you get delayed, and the taxi doesn't turn up. Then you've lost your baggage with all the kit in. Then you've got to do a job with a telcom and a water spray. You know, <laughs> it, it, it has its stressful moments, <laughs> but it's a pretty amazing industry, the fashion world and the fashion industry and working for the biggest and most powerful fashion brands in the world is, is an insight and very opening. And then, and as well, there's been, there's been an element, there's always an element. I love the elements of this world, but there's been an element that I've been a bit resentful for the fact that some fashion shoots have gone on and things, but what do we need more than something in these times where, you know, entertain like, uh, some of our children in the entertainment industry and things like that you know like we need something you know like it, it, it's it, any positive you can get coming out of anything yeah it's really valuable you know yeah, for sure I posted um, a couple of a couple of videos from Ibiza in the 90s and just some like people just looking like they're having an absolute epic time and I thought it's got to go up today yeah <laughs> Yeah, One day we'll be back in a big club with some big speakers and bass. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's 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 surreal when you we t- didn't we take a lot for granted when when you start to think about it so massively for granted, massively, massively. I suppose, and that's that's every as I said, it's about reevaluation and finding a new a new way in life. I think, which has been a good thing for everybody. I mean, I'm um, a boring old man now. And I, I, I enjoy being a boring old man now. But I look, I, I remember in the uh, in the eighties, uh, very early eighties, you know, in, in, in a, a rave in a, a fielding. I think it was Energy at Guildford or something. There was forty thousand people in a field, you know. 
and you think, like, yeah. You just is that that was it in that big, that big bowl? It was like that big bowl, and it's in by Winchester, and he just oh, yeah. Is it, is it that? And then just the huge speakers and just the people and noise, and you're like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I remember we parked up, we thought, oh, we'll, we'll leave our car here because we must be near it because it was so loud. And I think yeah. it took 45 minutes to actually walk to where it was. Uncle on the M25, you know, right. You've got to go yeah. to Guildford. <laughs> 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 very good those were the days <laughs> my kids now they think you know I, I'm only happy now if I'll get a lot of free for two at Tesco or something <laughs> <laughs> bit of a bargain yeah <laughs> is your um, is your one son still in hairdressing yeah yeah he's, he works at Taylor Taylor um, oh great yeah he's obviously on furlough in, in uh, East or in Notting Hill he's in um, Liberty's Oh, he's in Liberties, is he? Yeah, he's yeah. in East, and um, and then uh, they had a, a, a availability, and, and he went off to. He's, he's been in Liberties for the last yeah. few months. Okay, like, yeah, so, yeah. you know, and as you said, uh, from a local Essex, how old is he? He's twenty-four. Right. So a local Essex salon, and then like being in Liberties and having a little walk round of a lunchtime and going out for a drink after. You can see yeah. your law, can't you? You know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's interesting, though, because I was talking to um, a couple of my mates. We went out on a cycle ride the other day, and those guys are guys that I met at Nicky Clark's. And when we were there, there were seven. When I started, I think there were seventeen or eighteen assistants yeah. in the salon. That's how big it was. It was, it was, a, and that's assistants. That's huge. And yeah. we all sort of trained. We went out together all the time. But most nights of the week we'd go out. Um, and nowadays I, I'm hearing that most assistants in sounds are not interested in going out really. They're interested in just going to the gym and know. You know, looking great and feeling great. And I'm like, oh, you're missing out on all those like <laughs> late nights and feeling horrendous and then having to still get up to work at 8.30 and be there and smile and not smell. <laughs> my, my, my son, he's got like the long hair, and he's he's spent he's spent uh, like every day in the gym. Uh, there you go, in the garden, in the garden yeah. just working out and that. Yeah, and I think I'd I'd have spent three months watching the. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. The, right. the, but they are very quite disciplined, aren't they? <laughs> very, and I think that's that's not a bad thing either. You know, health no. and looking good and feeling good, and I mean, whether it's all for show on the old Insta world, who knows, right? Maybe a bit of both, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe a bit of both. So we'll have to get, get him to come and give us a hand because I've got a couple of the guys from um, Taylor Taylor that come and give me a hand on shoots and shows. So maybe you can come and give oh, us a hand yeah. on something. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll, I'll tell him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he don't watch this. But... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, bad, boring. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think any of my kids watch this. <laughs> I did recently. <laughs> Um, a few weeks ago, I had a wonderful girl on there called uh, Jess Megan, who's a young, like body positive activist, yeah. educator, brilliant young woman. Yeah, and, uh, I felt a bit uh, unauthorized to sort of talk to her entirely. So I got my daughter Esme to come on with me, who's just left oh, you, and she yeah. co-hosted with me, and it was really good. So I think that's good them. to watch because Esme was on it. They've all watched it. But great. Now I'm watching it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you've 
you went from that. So at, at some point, I think you said a few years ago, you become like an ambassador for Babylis. For Babylis, yeah. Um, when, name, what does it involve being, you know, like ambassador for a brand? That's a great question. So um, you, you, when, as I go through your career, you, you, you meet different brands and you meet different people and um, an ambassador role is, in my eyes, is someone who will represent a brand. And my job is to launch any new products that they might have. And that's not me personally launching it because it's not my invention or tool or hairdryer or whatever it is. But it's to help support and to help show the um, expertise of a hairdresser that uses that tool to be able to demonstrate to the rest of the fashion world, the beauty world, or, you know, salons of what they, what they do and why they like that tool. So you're basically explaining, you know, the benefits of using, for example, the Italia Brava hairdryer by, you know, Babis Pro, which is an incredible, powerful dryer. And there's a reason why that hairdryer is in my kit all the time, because it basically does the job. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's, you know, it, it becomes a bit of a partnership, I suppose. And you, um, you know, I affiliate myself with them and they work with me and we have a, a very good, you know, it's been a long relationship now in four years. Yeah. Um, and you also help create their advertising pictures and, you know, have a, have a sort of um, a say about, what you think would be good to improve a product or you oh, know, right. a curling tongue or the battery powered, you know, future of hair care that's now evolving. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's a very cool thing to be able to get to in the stage in your life where you're doing something like that. Yeah. Um, so I've had a very, as well, when you, you know, like with the tools you use, the best person, yeah. so especially someone, like yourself is, you know, like knowing that certain things are, are heavy, you know, to work with and if they yeah. improve the weight or the balance. Exactly. What could you add to give this the, the, the next thing? And I suppose what's exciting is, you know, we are in a world of battery power right now yeah. and charging and um, how that, how you can make that product or what we can do to make that the best thing in the world. And I suppose that's the, that's every brand's dream is to create a hairdryer that's going to be without a lead and plug it oh. into the wall. Oh. Um, <laughs> the times I've wrapped myself around, yeah. you know, <laughs> oh, you know one of the, the wonderful blessed trainees has wrapped it around my <laughs> and you, you can't use it. It's all. <laughs> There's there's this amazing um, talking about battery power and um, have you ever seen um, the the haircuts in the park before? No. So you should have a look at this, right? Because there's a there's a very in in New York um, there was a. Um, a session stylist, an amazing uh, session stylist, and he basically did. He he went to New, he he lives in New York. It's an amazing hairdresser. He's called Christiane, and he basically did. You should have a look at the pictures because they're really cool. And he did it years ago, and then he redid it again. And he basically 
went to New York, to Manhattan, sat in the park, and he just cut loads of people's heads so anyone could come and sit there and have a, and have a haircut. Yeah. And Christiane's an incredible session hairdresser. has been around a long time again, sort of in the era of sort of Sam McKnight, Eugene, and those boys. Yeah. He's up there. And he did all these haircuts. And, you know, battery power is so cool now because you'd be able to take a pair of clippers and just do that in the park without having to plug in. Yeah, we, we um, you, you should look at that because in terms of Christiane and what he did and the pictures they took, there's this really cool fashion photographer that I work with actually quite a bit. She's called Cass and she recreated or not recreated. She took all these pictures and they're so great because they just show him and his hands and he's got this sort of like big face and glasses and he's a really cool looking guy and just did made people feel good. And I think that's what a haircut does. Yeah, oh, yeah, undoubtedly. There's a, another salon, uh, another uh, session stylist, um, Sasha Brewer. Yeah, uh, and and he started the kind cut in yeah. uh, in LA, um, and he contacted me quite early on. Uh, I think I'd only been doing it a couple of years, and he was going to be doing that. And he seen what we were doing, yeah. we had a few conversations, and he set up this thing out there. And then once they did, it did come to London at one point and he come and joined us at the Whitechapel mission. And so we had this, oh, wow. oh. we both, we both, it was really funny because we both, he gave me a, I'm a bit bigger than him. And he, yeah. <laughs> I gave him my head, he gave me a kind cut t-shirt, which I put on and I didn't have a spare one. So I took mine off and I was really sweaty. This <laughs> 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 is really like Whitechapel mission. And I've been cutting it. I went out and uh, I could see him sort of hold it like that. <laughs> and then I, I could see what he was, I mean, Oh, you ain't got that through. You ain't got to put it on now. I just thought you. Were <laughs> 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 I am not putting that near me. Because <laughs> you don't smell great when you're doing that some of the time. But um, oh, yeah, that sure. thing, they have to do it outside because the, the challenge they had, they couldn't get as, uh, um, legislation in America is quite difficult with right. licensing and all that. And yeah. whereas we only go in centres, they. Right couldn't go in centre, so they had to have, have these outdoor events. And so it was probably very similar to Christiane. So you only do it in, in centres. Is that for everything from health and safety and insurance and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was all... The, uh, the first guy I saw doing it was Mark Bustos in America. Mm. Um, and so my that was inspired. I thought, I've got to go, I'm going to try that. I was already going into the local Sally Army because... Next month, I'm 15 years sober, so I was doing this work with recovery with people. Yeah, uh, and then us, and it was a, it's sort of a, an event. You know, I saw that on Facebook, these makeovers, and then on the following Monday, I thought I'll go in an hour early and and see if any of the guys want their hair cut. Um, right, uh, and it just went from there. You know, uh, and so that that's where that that sort of came from on that. Um, but it, it's it. Pretty yeah. quickly, I realised that if we'd done it in places like that, we could replicate it. Whereas if I couldn't, if I'd just done it on my own, mm. I could have gone off and done it everywhere. But uh, if I wanted it sort of, a, you know, replicable, we had to have somewhere safe, particularly for volunteers. Because if I, I couldn't send young girls, I'm yeah. not in Texas, but I couldn't send young girls off and, you know, in the street somewhere, just in case. Oh. So uh, this was yeah. a way of doing it, yeah, of safe and replicable. 
So yeah, yeah, it, it's it's yeah. worked out all right. We've got sixty-seven across the UK. Uh, we've got six hundred volunteers. Wow. We've done over forty thousand haircuts. Amazing. So that's since two thousand fourteen. But it, it was just it <laughs> it was only going to be me on a Monday. <laughs> be careful what you wish. For. Yeah, yeah, but I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> giving something back and then you think oh my God, wow look <laughs> yeah you be careful because you've been mentioning this <laughs> no I know I know There's the, I'm going to be all going all around the um, schools in the UK doing sort of you know um, you know work stuff for kids to get them inspired them into the industry but you know it's like me saying that I wanted to come and give you guys a hand because it's, it's, I think it's great. I think, you know, you need to do these things for your own um, mind to, and so you can help others who aren't in such good positions, basically, I think. Yeah, I, 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 you'll love it, Sid. You'll yeah. really love it and because um, everyone does, you know. Yeah. But there's been a couple along the, along the line. It's been a, quite a few years now. There's been a few here and there that have messaged me after and said, look, I've... I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but it's, it's not for me. For me, you know, but yeah. it's such a minority because most people, they, you, I get this sort of message a few days later, and uh, and I sort of I say like, oh, you've not been out to stop thinking about it, have you? You know, because it's it, it, it's people. <laughs> That's there. You know, yeah. it, it, it especially. I remember uh, Maxine from Beauty Papers. She yeah. just phoned me a few days after she came to the mission. Yeah, she said. I, I, she said. She said you've really messed me up. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> she said, like, you know, because I'm I'm in this world of high fashion, and I, I can't. It's made everything seem a bit pointless. <laughs> Which you know, like, she didn't mean it. but I got what she meant. You know, like it, yeah. it's, it's difficult. You know, to then go away and 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 everything be normal. But it's important for. Uh, for things to be normal, but just mm-hmm. having an awareness of that other side of life, you know, and and know that you can only help in a small way, you know. But if everyone helps in a small way, it, it, it becomes a big thing. I suppose people say to me, you know, had you know, you go from the session world where you're doing a job for I don't know, whatever, a brand in LA, or and then you fly and you do a Vogue for British Vogue, and then you do an Italian Vogue job, and then you go and work in the salon in Kew Gardens. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, well, why do you do that? And I think it's because it keeps you grounded. Yeah. And I think it, it, it's good to do those things and, and offer and give it back and be grounded and not be affected by some of the opportunities that we yeah. get put in or, or aspire to be put in. You know, it's, it, it's been a big shine over the last few years about session stylists and session stylists and this and that and you know yeah it's great but it's also great being a hairdresser in a salon or being a hairdresser like you and and giving something back after all the years that you've had that and done that yeah i i I think that's crucial i think that'd be the message that Mm. you will take out to the the schools and the young people um and i think i'm really behind you on that I, i i think for the future of our industry, we've got to get young people to fall back in love with it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a tough couple of years. I mean, I like to be positive, but let's be realistic. It's going to be a tough couple of years for our industry. And sure. it's as much young passion and 
um, you know, love coming into the industry as, as we can get, I think. Yeah, you know, most of the, the – when I think about or talk to a lot of the guys that are in the industry and that uh, have, have been successful, they've seen or grown up around the hairdressing industry. Do you know what I mean? Like their, their parents were hairdressers or, you know, their mum might have been or their dad is and they end up going into it because they've seen it and they've grown up around it and they understand it. Whereas, you know, you don't, you, you don't hear definitely in the schools, people going, yeah, go into hairdressing or go into beauty and be a makeup artist. Or, you know, I think there's lots of programs that now, you know, are on television that really aspire young kids to go into makeup, let's say. But less so in hairdressing because it's it's not as reactive in front of the camera. No. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not as yeah. quick as, you yeah. know, putting on a bit of mascara or a lipstick because it shows up. Yeah. It takes yeah, – you could be reactive if you went like that, couldn't you? But you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's – yeah, it's not that instant. Well, everything's instant now, isn't it? Instant gratification, instant yeah. recognition. Yeah, but it takes and hair takes a bit longer and a bit more work. I think takes graft and years and yeah. You know, I'm constantly learning and finding new things and thinking, God, that's good, or that person's done that really well. How do they do that? Where's the reference? Where's that come from? Yeah, you know, it, there's always a reference for something because that's what we like to do. Is we like to vision and look back at a certain era of time when hair was really cool at that time or take yeah. an element of it from the 40s but mix it with the 90s or, you know, I think that's a, a craft to be able to see vision as well. And not everyone has that. It's hard to teach. Um, yeah, I think vision. I've been hairdressing 44 years, I think. About 44 years I've been hairdressing. Yeah. Uh, and I still love it. And I still love... And even now, and as you say, learning is so, I'm always learning. Mm. You know, it wasn't that long ago. I went on a so, uh, Sophia Hilton colouring course. Yes. <laughs> I was so far. Really? I was, yeah, I went, I went in there and done it. That's when I still had the setup. And, uh, and I thought, no, oh, I, I want to go and I want to go. I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah. I want to go. And uh, I know. Oh, <laughs> I look like the granddad of the crew. Yeah, but, but that shows you how you are as a person and, and you were able to adapt and change and do new things. And I think that's the best thing about us, the industry, hairdressing, is you never, ever stop learning. You know, I was lucky enough to go and learn from Nikki Clark's. I then went to Hershison's and learned off Daniel Hershison and Luke Hershison. I yeah. did a what else, a Zoom course as well at one time during that period. Yeah. I then went and worked with Guido, one of the biggest session stylists in the world. Yeah. You know, I, I travelled the world with him for three years, met everyone in the fashion industry, and then I went and started working back in the salon with my dad and learned from my dad. Yeah. You know, it's getting bits from everybody and I'm still learning now. I learn off the guys that come and help me on my shows, you know, the assistants that come and team up with me. And some of those guys are incredible hairdressers. Yeah. You know, and you, and you learn from the young ones sometimes. Learn from them. They, you know, yeah. some of them have given me, you know, bits from the theater world, um, you know, in dressing hair and doing things quickly from the theater world, which I've then put into the, world of you know fashion and and i just love learning that's why i love this industry it's brilliant so in closing where like 
Where, where's your, what, what do you say for the rest of the year for you? The rest, for the rest of, of the year, I hope, you know, with this rollout of these vaccinations, I hope that um, travel is going to become much easier again because, A, I love going on holiday like we all do. Yeah. Um, B, I love traveling the world. I've seen some of the most incredible places through work and through being able to travel on those jobs. So that's a big thing for me is being able to do that again. Um, getting the family business back up on its feet and getting rid of the debt that it's incurred through no fault of our own. Of course. That's another big goal. Um, getting back in to work with everybody in groups, you know, hanging out with people. Yeah. And then I think the big thing is, is, you know, giving something back, giving some of my time to be able to push back and show people the world of hairdressing and what we live in and what we, you can do as a young kid and aspire and inspire them, I think is a big thing. Um, I've changed the whole way that uh, the salon works in, in terms of the, you know, working with Green Salon Collective. Um, I've once, I've, I've, Fry's just asked me to, you know, come on and be one of their green libertines, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Again, in, inspiring and aspiring others. Yeah. Um, and, and through all that, I suppose I've reevaluated the, the way that even our, you know, the energy at home, we're now with Bulb, and that's a, you know, an energy company that, you know, um, is sustainable. So that's great. And then I've done the same with the salon. So I suppose it's just getting those goals and then continuing on the journey of the session world and being creative, I suppose, is another yeah. one. So there's a lot, but I always need lots. Well, I don't know. You, you, you say that one of the goals is to inspire the young people. Yeah. But you've inspired this old git this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Thank you, mate. <laughs> so kind. And it's great. It's, it's, the thing is, it's, it's infectious, isn't it? You know, like yeah. I love, I love being around, uh, you know, preferably physically, but love just being around positive. It just soak it up, doesn't you? You know, yeah, for you sure. To train you and people who elevate you. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and I know that uh, going forward that we'll definitely meet up, we'll have a coffee sure. and we'll do some work. And anything, uh, I know you'll help a haircut's famous, I know that. And anything I can do to help yeah. what you That's want. very to kind. Do, just let me know because, um, you know, I think it's very valuable and very important. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm working a bit with the British Beauty Council and Millie and those guys are sort of behind this inspiring of the new generation. I've set up already the first um thing of i'm going to go into my, my first secondary school that i went to which is a local one and we're going to sort of test it out there first yeah see how it goes and see what happens and i think that's what's quite cool about it yeah fantastic well thank thanks you mate. so much for today i really appreciate it and um you know let's keep in touch i'll put all the um all the links for everything on the bottom of the podcast and uh, Brilliant. You know, I hopefully we'll see you very soon. Be good to give you a big handshake and a hug, Stuart, as well, oh, mate. Well I'm done. A cuddle. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, mate. Just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did 
more than I could have ever realised. It helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people. Some of the people that work in some of these places, many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling.